Stop! Go ahead. Make my day. Ever wanted to know more about Dirty Harry? Sure you want the rest of it? If you're a fan of the 1971 Warner Brothers classic, then Dirty Harry Minute could be the podcast for you. Part of the Movies by Minute project, Dirty Harry Minute analyzes, criticizes, and celebrates every minute of the Clint Eastwood 44 Magnum epic. Get on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, wherever you get your favorites. Hasta la vista, baby. No, that that's that's way off. Dirty Harry Minute. Hello everyone, this is John from Dirty Harry Minute. Back introducing yet another bonus episode for you all. Hope you and your loved ones are doing as best you can. Um, my wife and I and our twin twin boys, now four months old, are tracking well, touch wood. Uh, Tim is suffering from Dirty Harry Minute withdrawal, I think, because um, he's bought one of those... Andy Warhol-style splashouts, you know, the three tricolours of Clint as the man with no name that he's put on his wall, which is pretty lame, but it's also pretty cool too. Don't know if I could talk my wife into having one of them. Um, Trent is ticking along. He's got some big news, but it's not up to me to reveal that here. It's been a month since we uploaded something. This is an episode, it's not quite a debate, but it's a set topic. Dirty Harry is Batman, and Scorpio is the Joker. Discuss. So we all know that Harry Callahan is one super cop. But maybe, just maybe, he's also a superhero as well. Now, Batman in particular amongst other uh, superheroes. It came up a few times on the show, and I'm embarrassed to admit, but I don't know much about the character at all, uh, aside from a brief period there in the early 90s when I was collecting Batman Returns movie cards for some reason. So I only really know the basic tropes. Um, And look, I know that Harry's parents were not killed in a dark and... uh, urban streetscape so he's got no excuse to grow up like a vigilante like Batman does but I know that both Harry and Batman do things that cops don't ordinarily do and when it all boils down to it they're they're both pretty much vigilantes right they both recognize the law's not enough and of course Harry has his own boy Wonder Chico so it's pretty similar uh, other parallels, Batman has Alfred, you serve him up chicken Alfredo or whatever, while Dirty Harry has Jaffy to dish out those dry jumbo hot dogs. Harry says his dead wife never got used to his lifestyle, meaning she knew he was moonlighting as a superhero and it never sat well with her. And perhaps the biggest similarity of all is uh, the Batman-style jump that Harry does uh, down on from the trestle bridge in the last act, you know, down onto the school bus there. That's a superhero move. If ever we saw it, perhaps his spiritual animal is an eagle or something rather than a rather than a bat. 
Um, Clint Eastwood, of course, himself is born to be a char- cartoon character. He's a, a tall man, and he's got those those slit eyes, easy to draw and lampoon. Harry says, you know, he wants to throw a net over all the wackos. That's superhero talk again. Who has a net? Batman, or is it or is it Spider Man? I don't know, but pretty superhero to me. Look, I get there's a lot of differences to uh, Batman is hard on crime, but through Bruce Wayne, philanthropist, he's also hard on the causes of crime. Uh, Harry has no alter ego, no Bruce Wayne. He doesn't moonlight as a social worker. Batman, compared to Harry, you know, he's got intricate plans and, and gadgets to foil his enemies, whereas Harry just gets by with his um with his sure doggedness and what's in Harry's way in this movie, the first one anyway, is liberal liberalism and rights. And you know, Batman's got a whole other set of obstacles in his way most of the time. His childhood trauma, um his obstinate belief that people can be rehabilitated, which Harry doesn't have. Um the big differences of course is that Harry has a bigger penis than Batman. Bigger hands, too. And while the, while the similarities between Harry and Batman are pretty fun, I realise it's a bit harder for DC fans to stomach, you know, comparing Scorpio to the Joker. Uh, in the words of, of comedian Tim Ferguson, uh, Australian comedian, he said, Harry and Batman are descendants of the fascist myths of the Westerns, mavericks who act outside the law. Scorpio was just an ordinary incel asshole. So as you can see, my knowledge of Batman is pretty limited, so that's why you can see why we decided to throw open the question to past guests, and a few new ones too, um, for them uh, to respond however they wished. Big shout-out to all our nearest and dearest in the Movies by Minute world, but special particular thanks to our friends over at Sneaky Dragon, uh, Ian and David. Uh, they allowed us allowed me to use a, a lengthy bit of their show uh, at the end of this episode. Uh, two great Canadian blokes. I highly recommend you check out their podcast. Once again, Sneaky Dragon. In fact, stop listening to this shite and uh, go check it out for an episode or two and you'll soon become hooked. Uh, They put together a great weekly show, Sneaky Dragon. Thank you very much, Ian and David. Anyway, enjoy this episode. Um, I hope there's enough Harry talk in it. I hope there's enough talk about Harry to your liking. Um, It just turns out it's much easier to find people well-versed in the Gotham-verse or the DC Cinematic Universe and not our small, humble, Dirty Harry-verse. So, anyway, catch you next month with some other bonus episode of some description. Enjoy this special episode. Hey, everybody. This is the crew from the Indiana Jones Minute podcast, Pete. Oh, Tom. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I love the podcast, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I, I'm Jerry. Hey, the intern. And uh, our good friends over at the Dirty Harry Minute asked us to share a couple of thoughts on comparing Dirty Harry and the Scorpio Killer to Batman and the Joker. Mm. 
Well, I'm I'm a big fan of Dirty Harry. I, I'm not super knowledgeable about Batman, but Tom, I think you uh, you might be able to bring some heat here. Well, I've read a couple of comic books and I've watched a couple <laughs> of TV shows. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Dirty Harry. Oh, the first thing I think of is supposedly Batman is very averse to guns. He never uses a gun. I mean, not never, but you know, every once in a while you'll see it with one. But it, like, it's not his thing to use guns. Whereas Dirty mm-hmm. Harry. It's kind of yeah, known for that ridiculous cannon thing. that he carries around. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Is Batman kind of extra judicial? Like, does he willingly go outside of the law to get his guy, whether it's legal or not? Yes. Or he kind of, okay. He's uh he kind of sees the criminal underworld as a as a disease sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, you kind of picture them. I can see, like, you know, Dirty Harry not in a Batman costume, like, doing a lot of stuff that Batman does, kind of. In some versions of Batman. Not necessarily Adam West, but, you know. So he's kind of the modern American version of Batman. Like, the guy with all the guns. Kinda. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, you know, one question I have is, Batman is very smart, and he's very wealthy. Mm -hmm. Like, but, but, but he wasn't bitten by a radioactive spider, Mm-hmm. Right. Or he didn't live next to like a you know nuclear power plant or whatever, <laughs> whatever superhero <laughs> that was, you know. And, but but he's smart and he's rich, and yeah. and that's yeah. the only thing that makes him a superhero, right? Well, and his upset, like you know, his parents were killed in front of no, him. No, no, psychology thing. Yeah, but but he's not. I mean, he he wasn't. You know, he wasn't. Like I said, there, the, there's there's nuts, nothing right. sort of extra about him. He's smart. Nothing superhuman about him. He's yes, a guy. thank you. Yeah, he's yeah. a guy. Which uh, that's a uh, you know that's an interloper among superheroes. <laughs> I, I would think he's just a guy. But if you think about that with Dirty Harry, you're like uh, Dirty Harry. Doesn't he eat at the exact same, you know, deli every day? The 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 exact same uh, diner. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And he, he he doesn't strike me as a guy who's wealthy, and he seems to be. I don't know. He he almost seems to have a certain disdain for for like. I I don't know if he he seems like he might have a disdain for all of uh, Batman's silly gadgetry and. Mm. and yeah, uh, I think you're. I think you're right. Because especially because he, he talks to his partner, Chico, a lot, kind of like, oh, college boy. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, college boy. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like Batman would be like, hey, I went to college and learned how to construct this grappling hook. Right. Well, I guarantee right, right. Batman has some, you know, a Ph.D. in like engineering <laughs> and probably philosophy <laughs> and uh, criminal justice. And, you know, they just pile that yeah. stuff on. But if, if Dirty Harry, like. You know, say he had X-ray vision and could walk around seeing Hot Mary all the time. <laughs> would, would that make him a superhero? Like, would that like could he just need a power and he would be a superhero, or do he, does he need to be a little bit better as a human being to be a superhero? That's a really good question. Like the fact that he's just a co- not you know that he's a cop, he's a human cop. Mm-hmm. He's like paid by the by the city to do what he's doing, <laughs> even if he does it like a little outside the law sometimes and stuff. But he's just like a totally regular guy, but. He's like the best cop. He's like the best. He's almost he's almost a superhero, except that he doesn't wear a costume and he doesn't have a superpower. You know, like he's he's got the same yeah. sensibility as a lot of superheroes. I guess one one difference though is that I feel like Dirty Harry, his idea of justice is what's in his head, whereas I feel like maybe other superheroes try to follow at least societal ideas of justice or like legal 
ideas of justice like you you mentioned tom when we were chatting about this that the bat the batman works with the commissioner yeah and he, i mean that kind of gets the commissioner in trouble like you know he like technically like the official stance of the city is that batman's a vigilante and he should be brought in if at all possible and stuff but commissioner gordon works with them on the side and knows that he's a good guy and is trying to do the mm. right thing and stuff yeah see i feel like dirty harry works in spite of the mayor I feel <laughs> right, like the mayor right. doesn't yeah. really like dirty harry i feel like dirty harry is the guy you call when you know you've been dealt a rotten card there's been yeah. an, uh, you know there's there's been an abortion of justice and yeah. you have nowhere to go and yeah. so you know you you call dirty harry and you know he's going to color outside the lines and you're fine with that but yeah. i have to say i am still having a really big problem with the fact that batman is just a guy <laughs> well iron man's like just he's a not- guy too well, that's that stupid is, too. <laughs> <laughs> Why is his name Iron Man? How come he's not Joe? Because he invented a cool Iron Man suit, and and Batman has a sick obsession and psychosis with bats and stuff. And I'm kind of wondering, you know, it's a little bit like a Mount Olympus thing where they're like, if you're Hercules or Poseidon, it's like, and then you get like a like a you know a, a demigod. Like, are you kind of like, no, 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 you just stay at the base of Mount Olympus. You're not really a deity. Right. You know, and I feel like the other superheroes, do they have a hierarchy like that? Like Superman's an an alien. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and Batman, he's just like, he's like Elon Musk. <laughs> I mean, he's just he's Bill Gates or, you know, he's Warren Buffett. He just happens to have this hobby. Of yeah. I you know of 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 catching criminals. That's well, that might make him know. even more impressive. I mean, you know, some superheroes are like, ah, oh, you know, I got this power. At first, I was just kind of like trying to use it to get chicks or something. But then I realize, oh, I have a responsibility because I have this power. I can help people and stuff. But Batman doesn't even have that. He's just sort of like, well, I guess my superpower is I'm rich and I'm smart <laughs> and I can <laughs> detect things and and build gadgets and stuff. And you know. I, mean, I guess that kind of is a superpower. Like, you know, I, yeah. I I have something that other people don't have and that a lot of people who do have it would never use this way. So that was, uh-huh. that's what makes me a superhero. You know what? I want to go I want to go back and watch those cartoons of Richie Rich. <laughs> yeah, what's he doing Richie, with his world? Yeah, yeah. No, like like Built Richie another Rich. another dog best friend. <laughs> his superpower was just money. Yeah. It's just incredible. He could fix everything cuz he had so much yeah. money and you never even know. How much he has. Right. <laughs> like, what does he it's pay taxes? Yeah, exactly. It's incredible. It's meaningless. He's got a big backhoe labeled taxes. And like on April 15th, he just shoves it out the window. <laughs> well, so like if Harry won the lottery and then he used that money to pay his scientists, like to make his gun, like shoot lasers, would that make yeah. him a superhero? Yeah, then he'd be kind of approaching Batman ter- uh, territory. No, yeah. see, that's a fundamental difference between them. Is 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 he just can't be bothered in that? That like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Dirty Harry, like, uh, what the dynamo that you know moves him in the morning? Yeah, is uh, just sort of general societal disgust. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. not. You know, it's it's. I think it's. You know, maybe it's on a macro level, but I think it's also on a micro level. Now, mm-hmm. you know, like he just doesn't like the guy at the bus stop. 
Right. You know, <laughs> right. you know, he has to share yeah. a you know a bus with a guy, or maybe maybe somebody at a uh, crosswalk who looks at him <laughs> the wrong way. Maybe maybe right. doesn't yield properly. Something like yeah. that. Turn signal issue. But I feel like ba- you know Batman sort of aspires to. Um, you know, he he has a, a macro level of of justice too, but it's it's yeah. much cleaner. And he's he's he, he tries to aspire to manners as well. Like I can't imagine right. Harry having a <laughs> butler or like eating anything other than that hot dog at the diner. Right. No matter <laughs> right, how much right. money he has. Yeah. Yeah. You could you could throw Richie Rich type of money at Dirty Harry. It's he's not gonna change it. Yeah, thing. I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. I uh I sort of I've sort of almost had this connection in my head already since before we were recording this, like back in, uh, I be, I sort of became, I, I bonded our, our friend, uh, Eric Drysdale, a friend of our show who's been on a couple of times. I know him from college and stuff. And I think we bonded when I said like, you know, in, in 1986, the, uh, the dark Knight returns came out, Frank Miller's dark Knight returns where Batman is, um, he's like in his sixties. He's been retired for a bunch of years. And he slowly comes back into it and stuff like stuff happens. that makes him be Batman and stuff again, but he's like old and he's like kind of having a hard time with it and stuff. And he's pissed off and everything. And I was talking about this with my friend, Eric, and I was like, Oh, you know, um, it'll be awesome. If they made just a cool, excellent movie of the dark Knight returns and Clint Eastwood played Bruce Wayne, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and then he said, yeah. And David Bowie should play the Joker. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> so we bonded over that. So Clint oh, Eastwood could good. be a really cool yeah. Batman in a different. I mean, you know, like you know, take like you know, like Unforgiven Clint Eastwood or something mm-hmm. as right. Batman. That'd be really. Yeah, good. I could see that. That'd be a good movie. Yeah. And on that high note, I think we've uh, already long overstayed our welcome. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew like, we had so much to, to say? Tune in next bat time to find out what we think about the Joker and Scorpio. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, it's Rick from the Mad Max Minute. When you're discussing the topic of Dirty Harry as Batman and Scorpio as the Joker, I'm sure there are a lot of parallels that could very easily be drawn between those characters. Yes, Harry is the stoic hero type, well, anti-hero type, and Scorpio definitely strikes the casual viewer as an agent of chaos obsessed with our hero. In that regard, it's hard to argue against that idea that you can draw a very strong parallel between those two properties. I think where it falls apart for me is just how capable the Joker is in his own story as compared to Scorpio, and how when you break him down as a character, he's just so sniveling. He has no backbone. You look at a portrayal like Heath Ledger as the Joker in The Dark Knight, and... He's taking hits from Batman, and he's laughing it off. Scorpio starts taking hits from Harry, and he starts crying and crawling across a sport field, and it doesn't strike me as the worthy adversary pairing that you see in the DC property. I appreciate the idea of drawing a parallel between these two. I just don't feel like Scorpio is as good of a villain. I definitely think... Harry is right up there with Batman as far as being the vigilante detective type. Though I will say, a sharp brown suit looks pretty good in the daylight compared to the armored leather, not-quite-hockey-pads get-up that Batman wears. So, in that regard, Harry definitely takes the cake there. You could also argue that Dirty Harry might be a bit more 
emotionally balanced than Bruce Wayne, considering that Dirty Harry doesn't dress up as a flying rodent every night, and he actually goes out and does his job. If I had to give an alternative pairing for Dirty Harry and Scorpio, I could very easily say, and I'm biased by bringing this up, that Harry is very much like a Max character from the first Mad Max movie, and Scorpio is very much a toe-cutter character also from that same movie, just because they are an agent of law and an agent of chaos. They are diametrically opposed, and they exist independent of each other until one enters the other's world, and then the antagonistic force becomes obsessed with the lawbringer. You could probably also draw a parallel between Dirty Harry and Scorpio between Robocop and Clarence Boddicker in the 1987 Robocop movie, which I think is also a very apt parallel. But now I think we're just getting into a circular thing where we're just saying, oh, it's a cop and criminal pairing. And we could do that dance all day. Anyway, thanks for letting me interject into your conversation here. Y'all have a good one. Hey, y'all. This is B. Rich from the John Wick Minute. I'd like to thank you, John, for letting me be a part of the show. You know, it's been many, many years since I've seen Dirty Harry, and I actually had to find a place to watch it at to refresh my memory on how the movie went. All right, Scorpio is a psychopathic killer. At the beginning of the movie, he shoots shoots a woman that's swimming on a rooftop pool. He leaves behind a blackmail letter demanding, what was it, $100,000? Or he will kill more people. Just like the Joker, they both are psychopathic madmen that just want to incite chaos and disorder. Uh, In The Dark Knight, Joker states, uh, if you're good at something, never do it for free. However, in the same movie, he lights a giant pile of cash on fire. Just for the hell of it, because he's not part of the uh, he's not part of the corruption of the mobsters. He he's just in it for himself. He's just killing just to kill. Hi, my name is Mark, and my name is Nathan, and we co-host the DC Cinematic Minute podcast, where we talk about superheroes and supervillains like Batman and Joker. And so Jay from Dirty Harry Minute invited us to come share our inner thoughts about comparing uh, Harry Callahan and Scorpio. So Nate, thank you for joining me as we talk this one out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I believe it was brought up on the Dirty Harry Minute podcast that there could be a comparison to both the uh, main characters of the first Dirty Harry movie to, I I guess, just like a broad stroke Mm -hmm. uh, character of Batman and Joker. And, you know, I guess just like the relationship that they both have yeah that's that's like how how interested i was in this because i never even cared to think about uh those two like at all and at first you know just like what i did right there at first glance i was like well yeah no they're they're not really that comparable you know and then i kind of brushed it off but then i really got to thinking about it it's like no wait hang on there is a lot but also there's a lot of big differences that kind of in my opinion, set forth that Harry Callahan is is and never could be considered in the same vein as, like, Batman. So, like, I'm like, I, we'll get into it, but, like, there's definitely, I saw both sides of the argument, and uh, yeah. I, I couldn't wait to talk to you about it. Yeah, I, I, I 
am almost on the sa- same wavelength as you are because when I first started thinking about it, um, obviously the killing aspect is something that is just plainly controversial to the whole Batman fandom. So like if you're fans of Batman, the concept of him doing what I guess needs to be done um, is always a question. And and there are philosophy books on whether Batman should kill the Joker just outright and get it Mm -hmm. over with. We've had that conversation many times and, um, it's always going to be biased. It's always going to be biased. And it's always depending on who's writing the guy. So it's hard to compare Batman to Harry in that in that regards, but mm-hmm. it's easier to compare Batman with Harry when you see Harry through the eyes of the villain. So Scorpio's the big one, but mm-hmm. then just like the the bank robbers, anything like that, when you see someone who is not going by the book, it scares them, and then they're like, "Oh, there's actually someone here who who threatens me because they're not going along with the system." And so that's what Batman does to the villains of his city, and that's what Harry's doing in in his movies. And at, but at the same time, Harry has that same philosophy for himself. He doesn't like the system that he has to work with. Yeah, he has to work within it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he's a one that's just you know I don't I don't like this system. There was a line in one of the movies where it's I don't you know you know I'd, I don't like the system, but I work within it is what Harry says. And like at first, it kind of sounds like that's a dumb thing to say. But then if you really think about it and like look at what the character is and look at like his progression in the movies where they uh, kind of alter between like righteous Harry and like uh, justifiable Harry kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, right side left side harry and it's 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 almost almost balance from a certain point of view obi-wan kenobi um when you look at that it's like yeah that makes sense but then when it comes to like batman he's not as um i don't want to say flippy but he's not as able to teeter on both sides yeah from like the audience point of view which is something that they did with all the Dirty Harry movies that worked so well with all of them and that franchise. Is it because you can play both sides of the coin? And Batman doesn't do that, especially in, like, the relationship between him and Joker. Like, not to say that there hasn't been a lot of different iterations of Batman, because there are. It's just, I I think with Harry, you get, a, like, they can do different things sometimes with, mm-hmm. like, the way he wants to approach it, but you still see it as that singular version of dirty harry and and it's not like when batman does something different when he's written by someone else someone's like oh that's flashpoint batman that's oh well that's even opening up another thing (laughs) that's thomas wayne can't can't that's that's thomas wayne would be a little bit better compared to harry callahan exactly yeah uh just at first glance now that's something that i didn't even think about that i would Oh boy, that's another discussion. That's probably I, yeah. We'll have to yeah. And, and you see, because uh, um, there are those stories. There are those stories of Batman being like, "Yeah, I went ahead and just you know did away with him. We, we did away with the Joker and stuff like that." Yeah, we have those stories. And in fact, with CW's Batwoman show that they're doing now, um, they just explained in a recent episode that there is no Joker because their Batman did go ahead and kill that that Joker off. Um, yeah which is like a way of saying he broke his code. 
Batman's not who he is. Batwoman's going to be the new thing. And she's got to, yeah, yeah, bring it so all back. We'll uh, we'll leave that there. Um, I, it, it's easier to compare Dirty Hair to Batman when you see it from the perspective of the villains who've always been getting away with what they're doing, and now there's someone here who's um, kind of stepping in and showing them that that there is someone to fear, and th- there's a lot of fearful moments from from those people. Um, oh, so you're seeing that from the villain's perspective, they're able to run rampant until a crazy guy wielding a giant six-shooter and or a crazy man dressed as a bat jumping on rooftops is going to either kill me slash beat me up. That's what you're seeing? Like, that's the reason that the that moment is where villains have to fear before, like, Harry got to San Francisco. It was just, like, all, you know, everything's okay. Yeah. Are you saying the villains can see Harry from, like, uh, a, a, a fearful point of view? Yeah. And you're comparing the fear in, in Batman? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. I kind of saw, like, the opposite where it was, like, a villain wouldn't even dare compare, like, he, uh, <laughs> if the Dirty Harry movies existed in Gotham City and, like, the DC <laughs> universe, which is cool because it's Warner Brothers. Yeah. Oh, my God, so it does. <laughs> so... If Joker went and go, go saw went and saw uh, Dirty Harry and like you know saw all that, he'd walk out of that movie and probably be like, "Oh, that guy's scarier than Batman. Batman's nothing because he gets away with everything." You know, there isn't that in normal canon a Batman Joker relationship. He doesn't kill him or do what's right. He just you know sweeps him under the rug and he comes back. Yeah, and I think if you were to if we were to now look over at Scorpio, who's the main villain of the first film, mm-hmm. um, if you look at that character, when when trying to compare Scorpio to Joker, it's not so much being like the relationship that Scorpio and Harry have, you know, and comparing that. You, I don't think we can compare the, the relationships themselves. What's, mm-hmm. What you can compare with Scorpio and Joker is that Scorpio is a guy who thinks... The system is predictable. He knows exactly what the moves are. He takes a kid hostage. He says, you can't shoot me now. I have basically immunity. Um, and then Harry's like, actually, screw all that and shoots him anyways. And then, you know, there's the there's the, the infamous quote again where he's like, do you feel lucky or do I feel lucky? He says it kind of like monologuing for Scorpio. But like with that... It's still Scorpio being like, I thought I have everything figured out. It's all a joke to me. So, like, of course, you're not going to pull that trigger. And so he reaches for his own gun. There's a lot of things where if that character didn't exist, if the protagonist didn't exist, Batman or Harry, those characters like Joker and um, Scorpio would just be getting away with it. Now, I know Batman always detains joker and never actually kills him but um i guess that's where you can contrast some things but with scorpio it's like he is a very theatrical person he thinks it's all a joke um he has he's been having a lot of fun you know setting up his his ploys and his tactics um and getting away with it all until harry shows up so i with him i can see why he might be considered like the joker of of their franchise if, I think if you um, 
put it in that in that wording, the Joker of that franchise, then yeah, I believe it. But it's still really hard for me to just compare him to the Joker, just even to begin with, because it's so. I mean, then you'd have to compare the Zodiac Killer to the Joker, and I don't know if that's a thing. I think that's a harder discussion to have and like a more psychological discussion about uh, a criminal mindset and everything like that and and, and whatnot. Um, yes, the Joker is theatrical. I don't... I mean, and, and yes, he likes to play mm-hmm. with his, uh, you know, uh, adversary. Um, and yes, he does test him in those last moments with reaching for the gun, which is something that the Joker would do. I mean, he does pull the trigger in almost every instance unless batman stops him right before like joker does follow through with his stuff he doesn't like you know miss a beat or pull his punches because he is like rooting for batman or anything like that so so yeah there's like the ruthlessness and like the uh un- unpredictable predictability of yeah. that mindset of a villain that you can compare the both of them yeah. Um, and also, like, in the first Dirty Harry movie, Harry is more, like, about a righteous kill. Uh, and it's not really more so about justice, because he doesn't like the system and the bureauc- bureau- bureaucracy, that's a word, bureaucracy that, like, the system includes with that justice. Mm-hmm. So he's not handcuffing people and putting them in the back of his car to take them to jail for their day in court. Uh, Batman's doing that. Um, you know, he might not follow through on the court hearing process or whatever, but, you know, he's at least bagging them and tagging them. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he's not really in it for a, a righteous re- reason. He's in it for a justifiable reason. Um, and then it's also, like, uh, a prideful thing. I never really got a hard sense of pride with Dirty Harry other than maybe in Magnum Force when like yeah, those uh those those murder the murder cops like I guess offered for him to join and like he's like no way but I think that's more of like a that's more of like a morality debate um which is even a harder discussion to have with Dirty Harry yeah because um, I don't think so he indulges in it no, 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 no. So it's not really it. It's it's somewhat prideful, but it's not like prideful to the extent of Batman. Batman is like the epitome of uh, uh, double the pride, bigger the fall, Count Dooku <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah. um, it it really is. I mean, like Batman really. It, uh, he's extremely egotistical. He's extremely yes. narcissistic and 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 prideful on an astronomical level. Um, that like he would never be you know admit that he's wrong <laughs> or any sense if you compare him to more so like let's say um i'm going to bring in another like pop culture person is like walter white as being like someone who who does what he does because he enjoys it and he takes him a while for him to admit it um batman enjoys he revels in in what he's doing you know in the streets of gotham but dirty harry um, he's angry 
about the fact that the villains are enjoying it. Like he, yeah. he's mad that they enjoy it, and so yeah. he's like, he doesn't in, he doesn't do it because he enjoys it. He does it because it's righteous to him that that he mm-hmm. does so. Um, and he's not doing it for this uh, San Francisco. Like Batman does a lot what he does for Gotham. Mm-hmm. Again, fitting in the pridefulness, and it goes back to like family heritage and everything like that. So it's it's all rooted in insanity but it has realistic and familial aspects to him yeah um yeah i mean that was uh that, it was it was definitely a lot of fun for me to to sit there and to stand in my shower <laughs> contemplating the uh the comparison to dirty harry and like hitting walls when it was like yeah they could like that's totally him but then when it y- you get into like um like the morality discussions and it's just another tornado bear of a thing uh when you compare someone like batman and it's really cool that like finding like both uh both characters had uh you know obviously batman has such uh, a library of information mm-hmm. to like go through to 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 try to find comparisons um and then dirty harry does i mean what four movies uh that's still a, a decent a decent you know map of what the character can be yeah and they they showcase him very well um uh but at the end of the day i'm not really certain uh harry and scorpio their relate harry and scorpio's relationship not as comparable to joker and batman um harry somewhat comparable to batman um but you hit a lot of walls when it comes into uh, when you when you get when you take morality into into consideration, um, as well as Batman being uh, an insane person <laughs> and and Harry yeah. Harry not being uh, clinically insane. Yeah, so. with with Harry, it's more of a political stance than Batman just being like you're you're Crazy. traumatized, and instead of yeah. seeking a therapist, you spent your money dressing up like a bat in martial mm-hmm. arts. So yeah, uh, that there is a there's a there are some obstacles with trying to compare them. It's probably easier to contrast them, but I like that challenge of trying to compare two people that might be um, obvious, obviously not comparable. You know, like that challenge, that conversation that you and I have to have is, I think it's a it's a healthy discussion because you're then trying to think like think around it, like okay, well, how could we connect the two characters or connect those mm-hmm. two villains and 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 then consider the two worlds that they come from and, and how different or how similar they might be so um but with all that said um if you enjoyed everything you heard from us you can find us on all social media at dc cinematic minute and thank you jay and the rest of the guys over at uh, dirty harry minute for inviting us to talk and we'll catch you guys later Old Detroit has a cancer. Cancer is crime. Let the woman go. You are under arrest. You you better back up, pal. Your move, creep. What are your prime directives? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. Anything you say may be used against you. 
cyborg, you idiot! Robocop, the future of law enforcement. This is Murren from Point Break Minute and The Cast and The Furious, those two podcasts which I've done. I uh, wanted to say a little bit about our friend Scorpio and Detective Harry Callahan, good friends of ours. Uh, I don't have a lot of Batman knowledge. Uh, all I was saying is that the the Batman and Joker relationship, as we know now, wasn't really what it was then. So in some ways, it feels like there's sort of a two-way influence going on where uh, the, the Batman and Joker probably was taken from this film a little bit. Uh, I don't know if, uh, specifically thinking of Christopher Nolan uh, in Dark Knight, that's sort of where it really comes through, although maybe uh, earlier it did. Again, don't have a lot of Batman knowledge, but it definitely occurred to me during the film that uh, Clint Eastwood probably would, his character, and maybe in real life, (laughs) would want to be this guy, would want to be Batman, except maybe he would think the suit was silly. Uh, one difference is that, uh, Harry Callahan is not, uh, he has no alter ego. It's just him. Uh, he is a uh, vigilante. Um, he is tired of the bureaucracy of the police department and he just wants to go out and take care of everything himself. And that seems like something Clint Eastwood would, would, uh, believe in as well. Although he hasn't really done it. Uh, he probably thinks maybe other people should do it. He's kind of a wacko. Uh, and I can see how maybe that wackoness also came from maybe doing five of these movies. Five of them, right? Ending with Deadpool. So, yeah, Harry Harry Callahan, Scorpio. I, I also uh, wanted to say I love Andrew Robinson's performance in this. He's an actor who kind of... Uh, I know him, of course, as the beloved uh, Car- his Cardassian character on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, I saw on his IMDb that he's also in Cobra, featuring uh, featuring our friend Stallone. But I uh, I don't remember him in that. He's a. I think he's really good, and I. I. Uh, I wish he had gotten a little more prominence. He could have been sort of a, maybe a, a John Carroll Lynch level of uh, of character actor. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about uh, was the connection to Point Break, which is something I do have expertise on, having done 122 episodes on Point Break, uh, the Point Break Minute podcast, available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play, probably. Uh, still around. You can binge it all at once uh, with my uh, my partner Jessa. Uh, the characters of uh, of Johnny Utah and Bodie, uh, Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, are kind of uh, light versions of uh, of these guys. I feel like um, Keanu Reeves uh, as as Johnny Utah goes through a similar arc as you know. It's, it's a classic arc of a cop movie where the cop. Uh, wants to do things his own way. Uh, the 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 chief tells him to to knock it off, but then he's like, "I'm gonna do it anyway." And then he he ends up the, his way turns out to be the right way. Keanu Reeves has a little bit more of a soul than Harry Callahan, I think, or Johnny Utah and Keanu Reeves. Uh, he's he doesn't go totally into the the deep end that that uh, Harry Callahan is. Uh, and uh, oh, and the the connection, of course. I don't think I brought up the connection. In both movies, uh, uh, Dirty Harry and Point Break, the protagonist, uh, Harry Callahan or Johnny Utah, throws their badge into a body of water. Uh, and for Harry Callahan, it's kind of a pond uh, after he after he defeats Scorpio. And for uh, Johnny Utah, it is the ocean off of Bell's Beach, Australia, which in actual actually is the ocean, uh, Pacific Ocean off of the Oregon coast, uh, about an hour and a half from where I'm recording this. Bodhi is a, a character who 
is he I feel like Scorpio and the Joker are like nihilists. They're like they they just don't care anymore. They want to just spread negative chaos. Uh, whereas Bodhi, uh, he is kind of a narcissist, uh, is still sociopathic in, in that way, but, uh, he does, he cares about himself. He sees himself as the light and the way kind of as a God complex. Uh, and he wants to, he want he has a, he does have a plan. He wants to rob banks, but the money is just to keep having a good time and to, uh, to reach the ultimate. And uh, Keanu Reeves, of course, in that movie, uh, he does, you know, butt heads with his chief. And in the end, he throws away his badge. But you get the feeling he's not he he feels bad about uh, about what he has to do. And in the end, when uh, Bodhi dies, he doesn't kill Bodhi, per se. He lets Bodhi take his own life, which is a little bit it's still still sad. But it's not he doesn't lose lose himself fully in that. And uh, at the end, you, you get the feeling that he's he's on to maybe better things, although we'll never find out for sure. There were no sequels to Point Break, uh, as, there, as there were for Dirty Harry. Anyway, that's my piece. Uh, peace out, all you Dirty Harry listeners. And uh, check out Point Break Minute and the cast and the Furious, which are currently recording. I'm not sure when this will come out, but uh, we are about to get to Fast Five, when the fun truly begins uh, with uh, Dominic Toretto and Paul Walker and all, the, all our family. Live, laugh, love, all love, always. See you later. Hello, everyone. I'm Will, and my prompt was Harry as Batman and Scorpio as the Joker. Discuss. First off, I want to preface this with two things. I'm not a comics book bloke. I haven't read very many, and I haven't ever read a, a Batman comic. So this is this is pure movie and cartoon territory here, and that's all I got to go on. But uh, that's still a decent amount, I reckon. Second thing, I'm gonna try to get through this without using the word society. Wish me luck. Now, Harry Callahan as Batman and Scorpio as the Joker. It might seem a bit out there at first, but think about it. It's essentially the same conflict at heart. It's mostly a different a difference of genre and aesthetics. You have Harry and old Bruce Wayne on the side of order, and Scorpio and the Joker on the side of chaos. That's essentially what the conflict is in, is in both when you get down to the brass tacks. I mean, really get down to the brass tacks. Really grab hold of those brass tacks. So maybe don't. You you could brick yourself. So it's it's the same battle as depicted by different genres. Action thriller versus superhero. It's a it's a classic conflict. In the in the fantasies of film and other art, we like the order versus chaos conflict to be one of good versus evil. In our daily lives, it's a bit more complicated than that. You want order to structure your life, but you want at least a little chaos to keep things interesting. Granted, said chaos shouldn't be a, a serial killer. You want, you want a lower level of chaos, a safe chaos, or at least reasonably safe. Chaos and chaos is a very broad thing, hard to define. That's that's why the Joker can be reinterpreted in so many different ways. They'll uh, they'll never run out of different things to do with him. Scorpio could have been a version of the Joker. It would change the genre and his look, but you could pull it off. The the core would still be there. People love this conflict. They love and they love the fantasy of the good man embodying order, defeating the evil agent of chaos. But in real life, you, you don't want too much order. Too much order and you'll end up with authoritarianism. Tyranny. That's why some people say that 
Dirty Harry is an authoritarian movie because we have the mayor and the democracy being unable to stop Scorpio and we need our hero Harry, the strong man, to come in and restore order. You can definitely interpret the film that way and it, it can be fine as a fantasy but don't bring that sort of thing into real life. You don't want dictator Dirty Harry. The Harryocracy. In a similar vein, a lot of people reckon the whole superhero genre is built on the idealization of that kind of fantasy. So there's a connection there. Now, one major issue we're going to hit in combining Dirty Harry and Batman, and this will be a big hiccup, is the attitude to guns and killing. Now, I know, depending on the adaptation, the no-killing thing isn't always a hard rule, and I know from osmosis that in some of those very early comics, Batman used a gun from time to time, but you're gonna have a hard time reconciling these differences in attitude between the two characters. Harry isn't gonna have a rogues gallery for very long, they're gonna end up dead. And I doubt Batman's gonna start using a really big batarang to take people's heads off. One last thing. If Dirty Harry is Batman, then I guess that makes Chico Robin. If Chico wants to fight crime in red shorts, that's his right. It's a free country. I'm not sure if it's the life for him, though. Alright, are you ready to have a conversation about Dirty Harry and Batman? Yes, I'm ready to have a conversation about Dirty Harry and Batman. So let me start off by just, uh, let's introduce ourselves here. I'm David Holford. I'm John Windsor. Formerly of Mystic Pizza Minute. And oh. uh, what, what do we got coming up soon? Uh, soon to be Zardoz Minute. Yeah, so I uh, look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so Windsor, how is Batman like Dirty Harry Callahan? And how is Joker like Scorpio? Uh, I think they're 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 a lot alike in a lot of ways. Well, let, let's start with Dirty Harry. Like, what are the similarities there? Uh, well, and Dirty Harry's a cop. Batman isn't. That Batman's be, sort of like a cop. He that works would with be cops. in the way that they're not similar, but they they take on their their duties in similar ways. They're, they're both not exactly concerned with you know doing it by the book or whatever. Yeah. In fact, they're, they're frustrated with the book. Like, Batman only exists because, like, the Gotham City police are incompetent. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and you can't trust them. And, um... But he's, uh... Batman is self-employed. Mm-hmm. Dirty Harry. This is his job. Well, he ends the movie kind of self-employed, presumably. Yeah. He throws his badge into a lake or whatever. Yeah, but is he, is he going to he continue it out being there? Dirty Harry, like, off the books? I don't know. You think his friends call him Dirty Harry? Uh, I know that one guy... The, Does Dirty Harry have friends? Only the one guy, his, like, partner, who's kind of like Robin, you were saying. Uh-huh. Sort of. I forget what his name is. I think he's the only one who actually calls him Dirty Harry in the movie. Well, I think he calls himself that. He's like, now you see why they call me Dirty Harry. Yeah. Or was that the other way around? Did he say, now I know why they call you Dirty Harry? Yeah, he keeps saying stuff like that. He's like, oh, well, that's why they call him Dirty Harry. It's so- weird. Dirty... When you associate the word dirty with cops... Dirty Harry isn't actually, like... He doesn't have the qualities that you associate with that word. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not on the take or anything. Yeah. But anyway, how about uh, Scorpio? Scorpio's, uh, strange. Yeah, he's... Like the Joker, I guess. Much like the Joker, I think his motivations are pretty inscrutable. Yeah. Yeah, he puts a lot of, uh... He puts a lot of, like, emotions into what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think that, that that kind of thing really holds up today. It's like crime as a form of expression. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of those people. I wrote down that, like, um, 
A lot like the Joker, they, they they don't really show where he lives or anything with Scorpio. How do you think I got this smile, he kept saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it leads you to like think, like, the Scorpio, like, is he homeless? N- not so much homeless, but does he have a home? Like, does he have a home base? Well, I think he might be, you know, this is set in San Francisco, and I, uh-huh. I think he might be taking advantage of kind of the free love atmosphere. Yeah. He might be couch surfing, you know. Yeah, he has that, uh, he has the peace sign belt buckle. Yeah, he he definitely is like trying to present himself as a hippie, yeah. but is most definitely not. So so maybe not like uh like instead of going back. Well, to I don't like, know. Is th- does, is this what this movie thinks hippies are? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> yes, this movie is uh you know Scorpio is a hippie, but I think he's more like a person who pretends to be a hippie so that he has like a place to live. You know, mm-hmm. like he'll, he'll live on like communes and stuff and like come up with his plans. Much like Joker, and then when he goes outside, he's like picking vegetables. It's like, hey, everybody, peace and love, blah, blah, blah. Then he goes back to, like, his little bunk. And, uh, you know, there's a sniper rifle there with, like, a list of names. You think that sniper, he's got a name for that sniper rifle? It just says, I hate children all over. He whispers to it. Yep. But, uh, yeah, and and there were some scenes, especially, like, the final confrontation between Harry and uh, and Scorpio. Mm -hmm. It reminds me a little bit of some, like, Batman slash Joker confrontations, like, you know, the one from, like, The Killing Joke, or, like... The, the ones where it seriously seemed like Batman was going to kill the Joker. Yeah. Except in this one, he does. Yeah, he basically does. You, yeah. You can't let that guy live anymore. So, like, let's uh, tra- transition into some of the differences, because I think that highlights a good one, which mm. is... Uh, Batman doesn't use guns. Batman doesn't use guns. Although, today, kind of, is more than... Yeah, it's, it's not a hard and fast rule, but traditionally mm. speaking, uh, he certainly doesn't take, like pleasure in them the way that Dirty Harry clearly does. Yeah. I feel like something like that is like, uh, they, they kind of got rid of that the way that James Bond got rid of that whole uh, vodka martini spiel. Uh-huh. You know? Like, shaken, not stirred. It was just too predictable or whatever? Yeah, like, I think in one of the new Batmans, they were like, oh, I, thought, I thought you didn't use guns. He's like, what are you talking about? Why wouldn't I use guns? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's just Zack Snyder. Man, yeah. Zack Snyder should make a Dirty Harry movie. Ooh, God. <laughs> Who would be the new dir- Dirty Harry? Ooh, uh, ooh. Chris Pratt. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it would be, like, it's Mel Gibson. Yeah, but he's, like, the same age as Clint Eastwood. Like, it might as well be Clint yeah, Eastwood. Yeah, no, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> what if, uh, what if the Dirty Harry, you think Dirty Harry would be into the whole quarantine thing, or would he be out there, like, protesting? He, yeah, he'd be out there shooting people. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, where's your mask? Yeah. I think the the good guy in that situation might be Scorpio. He'd be like, stay inside. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Where's your mask? All right, well, how about Batman in quarantine? Like, how, how does that work out? Uh, Batman's got his own mask that he makes. He's not got any germs. Yeah. But there are, ain't no germs on Well, Batman. he's got the reverse mask, kind of. He's got, like, the mouth and nose uncovered, yeah. and then the rest of it, you know. Yeah, that's true. He's, yeah, he's got a reverse mask. How do you think the Joker would uh, be handling quarantine? Oh, I think he would love it. Yeah, I think he'd be like intentionally coughing on people. He'd probably be. He'd probably go out to like like a rally or something and be like, "Oh my god, it's like a it's like three hundred me's here. I gotta go." <laughs> you know, <laughs> everybody's the Joker these days. That's why. That's why somebody like a Scorpio or the Joker wouldn't work in like today's society because there's already like thousands of them and like. They're not like they're just annoying people. It's interesting that you say that. I didn't see that new Joker movie. You know, it's hard to differentiate like the geniuses of the, the that crowd and like the really stupid people because they're both saying the same things and they the all think they're crowd. really smart. Yeah. But um, <laughs> they all think they're really smart. I didn't see that new Joker movie, but that's a period piece, right? Do you think it's a period piece because 
he wouldn't work in a modern setting. Yes. Yeah, I think they 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 did think about that. Like to uh, Todd Phillips' credit. Oh uh, yeah. You know. Actually, if you put the Joker in the modern day, like in a uh-huh. in this kind of setting, yeah. you would have to be like, oh, and he has like online followers that are like into the Joker. Uh, and yeah, stuff. And would that would just like, be. He'd have like a web presence. Oh, uh, that'd uh, be terrible. And then, like, if you really looked into it, like, you could probably find some of his, like, bad poetry or something. And be like, ah, I used to like this guy, but... Limericks. I think he would be more into limericks. Yeah, did you see his poems? (laughs) Just his angsty limericks? Yeah, yeah, it's like like, uh, 30 seconds to Mars lyrics. (laughs) Anyway, I don't think Dirty Harry and Batman are very similar at all. Callahan is assigned to deliver the money. Uh, he uses a tracking device that um, Callahan had the idea of using, and also a listening device that basically a, a wire that Chico is secretly following him, which I'm sure technology at the time was not so great, but they used what they had. And just like Batman and Robin would. They use any technology that they can to, you know, apprehend the crim- the criminals. I've been thinking about this, and I have to say that it's actually pretty. It's a pretty interesting idea. In some ways, they're both sort of like deeply American concepts, you know, of this like individual taking matters into their own hands and making things right using violence, but I guess they both think about violence differently. So if you start out with just um, Harry Callahan versus Batman. So some people have talked about how Batman is like almost like an objectivist hero, um, like Ayn Rand objectivism, uh, you know, so he's this extremely wealthy, intelligent individual who has been through this tragic event and so the way that he copes with his tragic event is by going out and making things right is, you know, by, uh, by, by, you know, protecting the innocent and, uh, and stopping crime, uh, via punching and, uh, expensive gadgets. It is a kind of weird, fantastical idea of a, of a hero and it's kind of strange because it's like, in some ways, you could kind of view what he's doing as destructive. The the interesting thing about the dark about the Dark Knight is that it almost it started to sort of gently explore this idea that Batman's way of dealing with crime actually just makes the whole situation worse. Is that it just it just escalates the situation and just if you have a superhero, then that means you'll have supervillains, and so. You know, if you if you, if we want to leave crime fighting to superheroes, then that means that the you know it's going to be an arms race, and then the the criminals have to get going to get crazier and crazier and more extreme. Um, they're not just going to give up. Yeah, it's it's kind of a a strange thing with Batman is we we have this idea that he's heroic and he's helping, but you know, is he really helping? I don't know. The more you think about it, the more it obviously wouldn't work in reality. And I guess in the reality of the comics, he does. But the whole existence of the Joker kind of challenges that idea as well, because part of why the Joker does what he does is to seems to be to like torture Batman. And and 
if Batman existed, would would the Joker exist? That's always the the question. And I guess then that leads me into talking about the Joker as and how he relates to Scorpio. And that's a bit stranger because it's the, the Joker is this agent of chaos and yet he the strange sort of contrast is this idea in Dark Knight and you know that he's this sort of chaotic figure and yet he has these intricate plans that often just seem to work out and so he's this like you know super genius and yet he's this crazy lunatic that is just careening from one strange idea to the next at least that's the way he sort of presents himself but um you know and i guess scorpio doesn't really seem to be have a have a like a philosophy behind what he's doing he's just he's just full of hate and he wants to spread that and he wants to you know just torture other people and feel powerful and i guess that's kind of where the characters diverge where it's you know like scorpio's kind of pathetic and and that he's just he's just trying to basically like feel less pathetic and that's why he's sort of doing what he's doing almost it's that, that that's what i've got from the character whereas with joker i don't know if he's portrayed as pathetic it's just that he's this portrayed as like this crazy agent of chaos and then then there's the interesting thing about the joker superpower because the idea with the joker superpower is that um from what I understand from some of the comics and it's, you know, it's not really clear. And obviously there's probably debate in this, in the community, but to me, the interesting thing from the Joker is the idea that his real superpower is actually this idea that he knows he's in a comic book. He knows he's in a story and that's why he's able to create these crazy plans that come together because he knows that he's part of a story. And so even if he doesn't necessarily know what's going to happen, and I think there's some debate that he's actually prescient. He actually knows what's going to happen. Um, but even that, he just just by understanding that he's in a story he, and he just knows how the story works, he can sort of make plans that he know will work out because he knows that that's how the story is going to work, which is kind of a strange idea when you think about it. But Scorpio is definitely, I guess, you know, not meant to be a, a supervillain, at least like in a comic book sense. He does seem like he's able to sort of come up with and execute really intricate plans, but I guess they don't work out as well as the Joker. I mean, he, you know, spoilers, like he gets killed at the end, he loses. And then, of course, then that's the whole thing with Harry Callahan. So that brings us to to Harry Callahan and how that relates to Batman. And so they're weird, they're weirdly sort of different characters and they have their own similarities. Like I said at the start, they're both these heroic figures taking need to take the law into their own hands essentially whereas the, you know the idea is that batman lives in this corrupt city and you know the cops you can't you can't rely on the cops to do the job so he's got to go and do it and of course then he can do things the cops can't do whereas i guess with callahan is that he's meant to be this cop that doesn't want to play by the book you know i don't do things by the book and he's you know and he needs to go outside the book because you know he's dealing with this crazy psycho and that's actually kind of shown in the first movie like you know he he basically gets away on a on a technicality and and because uh because callahan didn't follow procedure so it's it's interesting i guess in the in the sense that in a way they both both characters almost create their own villain and both characters almost the 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 villain is you know that that them with both Batman and Callahan, their introduction into the story seems to actually escalate the villain's behavior. 
But Callahan. Uh, the interesting thing about Callahan versus Batman to me, though, is the different in the difference in how it relates to violence and how they're different characters. In the sense that uh, Dirty Harry's sort of implied to be, you know, like hurt from a, you know, his there was some sort of tragedy I think that happened to him or his friend, but he's sort of, you know, portrayed as a mostly emotionally healthy person, relatively. Just finds it difficult to talk about his feelings because he's such a manly man. And, um, but I guess the whole thing is the, is the violence in that, in that, you know, Harry just wants to be able to just fucking blow people away if he can, you know, that's, he thinks it's appropriate, at least in some situations to just kill someone, um, if they're the baddie and I get it, you know, you've seen them doing the bad things and you know, they're, they're baddies, you kill the baddies. And I guess that's meant to be the thing with at least some versions of Batman where that's the whole thing is Batman, you know, beats the living shit out of people, but he doesn't kill anyone. That's his whole thing. He's above, he's above killing someone. And I guess that's where it gets interesting with the whole, like, Harry Callahan is a working class hero and, you know, more willing to, um, to, to use lethal violence. And Batman is is essentially like a, not an aristocrat, I guess, but you know he's he's a very he comes from a very privileged background, and the idea is that he doesn't abuse his power, I guess, and doesn't murder people. And the Doctor reveals where Scorpio lives at the local stadium. So that's where Callahan goes. Even with a couple of cracked ribs, he scales the fence, while um, one of the other guys doesn't. But Harry scales the fence with cracked ribs, just like Batman would. Injuries never stop that guy. Is Batman known for his voyeurism, though, like Harry? I'd say, yeah, yeah, probably. I'm sure that's why he's always flying around. You know, lots of down-blousing opportunity there. Look, I know it gets dark in Gotham, but, you know, he knows that. Batman knows someone with the spotlight, the dirty bastard. And speaking of spotlights, when Harry assists the suicide jumper in the cherry picker, there's, um, from memory, an unexplained spotlight there. So perhaps, who knows, the mayor in the Dirty Harry universe also has a spotlight and calls Harry in times of need. Hello, this is Niall McGowan from Bat Minute the podcast where we talk about the Batman movies one minute at a time. Uh, I have been asked to discuss the topic of Harry Callahan is Batman and Scorpio. Scorpio? Scorpio! Uh, Scorpio is the Joker, which is an interesting question. Um, It's one that's kind of like, they are kind of, but not really. Um, I would say that, you know, at, at a base level, like Harry Callahan, Dirty Harry, and uh, Batman do have like, base similarities, like, uh, you know, both grim, stoic, often lone uh, figures. You know, obviously Harry Callahan goes through partners, like Batman goes through Robins, um, and they have a sort of you know, cynical, granite-faced uh, demeanor of sort of broodingness and whatnot. Um, and if we're talking about, you know, it depends as well on what version of the character you're talking about, because 
Michael Keaton's Batman that we talked about a bunch through the first two seasons of Batman, Bat Minute, he is 100% uh, a Harry Callahan type in that they're both completely comfortable with uh, killing, for one thing, <laughs> to, to get what they want. Um, they both have – they both treat criminalities with a, a sort of blanket approach. Like uh, both characters are prepared to treat a you know a desperate street mugger who maybe is just like a, 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 a impoverished person who's in desperate need of, of, of money or food and has to – you know, go to criminality in order to get that. Dirty Harry and Batman, Michael Keaton's Batman, would treat that person with the same level of violence and vitriol that they would treat, like, the most corrupt, powerful politician or, like, a serial killer or something. Like, they're, like, Dirty Harry will take out the freaking forty four Magnum, blow that person straight away uh, because they've broken the law. And Batman will full on like kick them in the goddamn chest, nearly cripple them by throwing them through a wooden door or something. Like that's the, the share the same level of intensity in that regard. Uh, also, uh, the both characters are prepared to work alongside the police, but with a kind of antagonistic relationship. Like Dirty Harry obviously is a cop, but he shares. Michael Keaton's Batman sort of disdain for <laughs> his police co-workers. Like, uh, Keaton works with Commissioner Gordon, kind of, but he doesn't seem to have any regard for him. Like, one of the major interactions you ever see between them in Batman Returns is, you know, Gordon chasing after Batman and going, oh, thank, thank you for saving the day, Batman. Uh, I think the circus gang is back. And Batman just been like, we'll see, and storming ahead of him without <laughs> without any regard, which would remind me of, like, Harry Callahan getting called into the mayor's office and like, oh, god damn it, what is it today? You know, he he's happy to work with these people in order to inflict, uh, I guess inflict's a good term for it, actually, to apply a version of the law that he believes in that might not stringently be the law. It's more just his interpretation of what the law should be. So technically, he's a good guy. He's on the right. He's on the right side. He's just a bit of a loose loose cannon in the old cliche terms. Uh, those two guys are similar in that regard. The Keaton Batman and Dirty Harry. Uh, ben Affleck's Batman. I would say, is a very Dirty Harry type, and again, will happily kill whoever he needs to to get to get this point across. And Affleck's whole thing of, like, if there's a 1% chance that this space alien could, you know, destroy us, we have to take that as an absolute certainty. It's, that's a very Harry Callahan attitude, I feel, as well. Um, but that's those versions of the character. Batman in comics and animation and whatnot, um... Batman beyond those two interpretations, I don't know if he is all that much of a, a Dirty Harry type, because that, that other versions of Batman then are a lot more forgiving, a lot less cynical, I think. Like, um, you know, there's an episode of the Batman animated series where Robin walks away, like Dick Grayson's Robin quits because he saw Batman violently interrogating a man in front of his family. 
like and the, it was a guy who was out of work and he was just desperate and he obviously he needed to you know he needed something he needed money to pay the bills so he turned to criminality batman lands in and in front of the guy's children he's absolutely raking this guy over the coals make you know really really stringently interrogating him and robin's like this is too much but you can't do this in front of his family this is absolutely insane and batman's like oh what the hell with a kid um but then afterwards, you find out that Bruce Wayne then hired that man for you know the, the Wayne Corporation, and uh, th- that guy ended up as like a security guard. He's you know bringing in regular money to his family now. He's doing quite well because of Bruce Wayne, um, which is something I can imagine Dirty Harry doing the interrogation part. All right, but I can't imagine he's going to go turn around and then be like, "Oh, I'll, I'll help this guy out on the other side." There's also a kind of despite his grim demeanor and his antagonistic relationship with his villains and the fact that he always does seem like a bit of a grumpy Gus, underneath the comic book Batman, animated Batman, quite routinely has a sort of hope about him. Like, he seems to always sort of believe that there is redemption for people. Like, the reason he keeps stringently sticking to his no-killing rule and sending these nut jobs recurringly over and over and over again to Arkham Asylum or Blackgate is because deep down he believes in redemption. He believes the system can work and that these people aren't going to be all bad, that there's a kernel of good in everyone and maybe that can be brought about and maybe these people will, in fact, um, reform in some way. That's why it's always friggin' him and Two-Face. It's always this sort of hope that, like, Harvey Dent, uh, I can bring him back. I can bring Harvey Dent back from the edge. Dirty Harry doesn't strike me as that type. He strikes me as a, these people made their choices, and now I am entitled to (laughs) blow them away or, you know, completely lock them down. But yeah, I don't think Harry has any sort of regard for the people when they get out. He probably couldn't care less about like whether these people are reformed or not. He's just like, if you break the law in a very robotic fashion, he's like, if you break the law, I go after you and I either kill you or you get sent to prison. And if you get out, I don't care. But if you break the law again, I'm going to land on you. And it's, you know, he's very one track minded in that regard, uh, to my interpretation anyway, whereas I feel... Bruce Wayne Batman has a bit more of a hopeful investment in like people people are inherently good and people can be redeemed and so I, I can land on them and I can instill fear in the heart of them and I can absolutely beat the crap out of them but at the end of the day I do hope I do he does believe that they, they can get sent away and they could be reformed. Like, that's always a thing that's in his mind. I'd say that, uh, like, Bruce puts himself into the dark in order to hold people up to the light. Like, he's he's deep in his grim Avenger mode, but at the same time, it's always for the good of other people. Again, Harry Callahan strikes me as a very, like, just a very cynical guy. <laughs> like, I don't think he's he's got redemption for criminals in mind, I think he's just like I just I just want to, I want to instill, I want to inflict the law on them, <laughs> basically. And so later on, the district attorney tells Callahan that what he did was wrong, and the evidence can't be used against him. 
because it was illegally obtained, and it's basically admissible in court. So Scorpio has to be released as a free man. So he continues to follow Scorpio on his own time. Scorpio pays a guy to just whoop his ass, and then announces himself publicly that Callahan was following him and police brutality and just whooped his ass. And that is kind of like in Batman White Knight comic where Joker leads Batman through a chase all throughout Gotham. The Batmobile is riding on rooftops, you know, just wreaking havoc on the city, running into construction workers and whatnot. He eventually catches up to the Joker in some sort of pharmaceutical facility. It's abandoned, run down, a bunch of unidentified marked pills in there. Gotham police eventually catch up to them, and they're just standing standing on the sidelines while Batman is beating the shit out of Joker. And eventually is force-fed some pills. And meanwhile, someone on those sidelines is recording all of this, and Joker is arrested for multiple murders and whatnot on several counts of God knows what. But while he is, while the Joker is in jail, he actually builds a case against Batman and the GCPD. Oh, those unidentified pills allegedly cured him of his psychopathic tendencies. The Joker is released. Joker eventually becomes known as the White Knight. Today's talk is on the topic that Harry Callahan is Batman and Scorpio is the Joker. Without question, Harry is Batman. But which Batman? 1993 Batman, Val Kilmer? 1996 Batman, Adam West? I believe the closest parallel is 1971 Batman, Ozzy Osbourne, the first of the Batman to ever bite back. The similarities are endless. As a pioneering character, Ozzy ate bats in the mid-70s before it became commonplace. In an early scene in the movie, Harry stands over a criminal he's beaten down, gun in hand, and asks the criminal whether he, Harry, has fired six shots or five. That kind of memory loss is consistent with heavy drug use and it's the type of question every member of Black Sabbath would have asked if they were in his shoes. How many bullets have I fired? How many bullets have you fired? What's the little table inside a pizza box called? These are the philosophical koans that Sabbath would frequently ask those within earshot. It's the kind of question Socrates would have asked the citizens of Athens if he wasn't such a coward. But this is a talk about a much greater man than Socrates. Socrates may have been the originator of Western thought, but Harry is the originator of its balls. Without Harry, there would have been no Desert Storm, no People's Elbow, no Eric the Eel. His follow-up line, Are you feeling lucky, punk? is artful, lyrical, rock and roll. Harry was a poet and an enforcer. During the movie, 
Chico rolled into Harry's life. In the same way, Ozzy got Callie Osborne, and every other Batman got Jack Osborne. Inconsequential, yet handsome, Chico serves as a backdrop for Harry's animal essence. Returning to the theme of Black Sabbath, Harry was also blackmailed in the movie, or at the very least, framed by Scorpio to make him look violent and out of control. Blackmailed lives matter, and Harry was left out to dry the way marginalised groups are across the world. Harry was reprimanded by the DA for gathering evidence illegally, just like that time Ozzy was reprimanded by his band for being permanently drunk and stoned. Harry danced to his own tune, and unless you had the radio bandwidth to hear it, he was unknowable. But that's because you're Gold FM and he's Triple M. You're Finance Talkback and he's that old guy that rings up the gardening show pretending to have a question about azaleas but uses his time on air to drop the C-bomb. And there's another reason why Ozzy Osbourne is the right Batman to represent Harry. After Harry kills Scorpio, he throws his police badge into the river. That's rock and roll. Would any other Batman throw their bat suit into the river? Their bat mask? Their bat leggings? No. And then we come to the theme of the movie. How far can a democratic society go to protect itself? That's the issue we're grappling with today during our coronavirus lockdown. Aussie and Sabbath personified that question as they pushed our boundaries of morality and darkness. And yet they were an outlet for our shadow. Like Harry. All us punks should feel lucky to have such an expression for our alpha urges, our shadow. The part of Harry was initially offered to tougher men than Clint Eastwood, including John Wayne and Frank Sinatra. But that is Batman personified. He was inferior in strength to Superman and Spider-Man. As mentioned earlier, Black Sabbath sacked Ozzy in 1979 because of his behaviour. Ozzy was so unemployable, he got fired from a heavy metal band. Callahan similarly was too bad for the police force. The 1970s police force in parts of America was still enforcing segregation and going easy on the Klan. If you're too immoral for people with Jim Crow echoing through their veins, you're a Super Saiyan level prick. And Sabbath were also inspired by the blues, which was Harry's prevailing mood. Maybe his only one. Osborne also used to work at an abattoir, a point not lost on Harry when he attempted to Julian cut Scorpio's leg. It was the ultimate tribute to the Butcher of Birmingham. Now let's have a look at Scorpio. Scorpio has many clear parallels to the Joker, who was a failed comedian. Many comedians get a job in the venue they would one day like to perform in. Similarly, Scorpio got a job working in a stadium because he had big dreams. Kevin Hart big. The Joker is believed to have had his hair turned green and his face white after he fell into a vat of chemicals. Scorpio ends his life in a US pond, which due to 1970s environmental regulations was also a vat of chemicals. This is the generation that gave us thalidomide and homes built of asbestos. If the bullet didn't kill Scorpio, 
The ensuing pond facial certainly did. Callahan eventually catches up to him and jumps onto the roof of the bus at an overpass, which is awesome. Total Batman move right there. Jumps from above onto a moving bus. So badass. Well, this is uh, Eric Nash uh, reporting from the Watchmen Minute and as a DC Batman fan. And for the movie Dirty Harry, there's definitely the, you know, the title character, Dirty Harry, and this uh, Scorpio killer, serial killer, uh, assassin kind of person that they do kind of form this um, similar kind of dyad, maybe, that uh, Batman and Joker, I think, uh, have um, throughout the comics and, and in the movies and what have you. At points during the, my, my recent watching of Dirty Harry, because it had been many years, I definitely could see the Joker character, especially with like the Heath Ledger version coming through so so they're, they're really you know it's really more the inspiration maybe from the early days of comics i can't imagine the 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 batman series from the 60s being any kind of inspiration but um maybe you know and just the fact that you know they're kind of madcap killers and and that kind of thing had been going on in the 60s especially um with the zodiac killer and they're, and they're certainly both set in the same place, or they're, they're, you know, they chose to set set uh, this movie in the same place as as the Zodiac killings that were, you know, they were in the midst of even really. You know this this similarity between Joker and and, uh, and the Scorpio killer in this movie. There's something there to it from going from Joker to him but then there's i think it's feeding back on itself for you know the dark knight trilogy movies the heath ledger joker and it's not just the joker even too i i i saw some things about like how some of the city shots were done shots of the city i feel like nolan kind of took a, a little bit from this movie possibly for that kind of stuff, uh, uh, especially done at the very beginning, like like what you see in the very bright sunlight of the very beginning of the of the of the middle of that trilogy, the the Joker movie of the three, uh, the Dark Knight. It's a matter of Dirty Harry being pretty no nonsense, even though he has this little nice nice cute saying. He says, you know, really close to the beginning of the movie and very 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 near the end confronting the the bad guy so to speak you know the whether it's just a more of a street punk well actually a bank robbing street punk at the beginning versus the serial killer um at the end asking him if he feels lucky and so forth you know that 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 isn't quite in keeping with batman but other than that i mean he really does seem very single-mindedly pursuing this objective and, and doesn't care about other policemen really too much. I mean, he does get the partner, you know, partner foisted upon him versus while Robin maybe kind of could be said at points kind of foist, foisted upon Batman. Um, it, it is a pretty strong choice usually that uh, he, he feels like he should take up 
this uh, sidekick. However, it often just bites him in the butt, though, in the ass, if I may say. Uh, There's also the matter of uh, Dirty Harry, you know, meeting up with a superior, in a sense, uh, and... You know, that's that's kind of similar to Batman meeting up with uh, Jim Gordon, except, you know, Batman definitely never treats Jim Gordon as a superior. And maybe Dirty Harry doesn't really think of them as superiors. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's definitely even besides just a, a, a police chief a, a above him, there's also, you know, mayor and maybe even another person or two in between as well. But, uh, you know, Dirty Harry really not uh playing by the rules that's that's i mean i i i can i, I really am am coming around on <laughs> uh understanding uh that kind of uh comparison is making a lot of sense um the 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 ways that it doesn't make any sense though is i mean hey dirty harry he's 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 not you know i mean they are both just men batman and dirty harry but uh Dirty Harry sure doesn't uh, go in for the theatrics, uh, as as again as as was uh, used a good bit in uh, Nolan's films, um, even even though they are probably the least theatrical <laughs> of of all uh, Batman uh, uh, in in movie form. Uh, so this has been uh, Eric Nash. Uh, I've been part of uh, Watchmen Minute in the past, as I think I mentioned. Um, any, any more Watchmen similarities, you know, it's not as strong. I mean, comedian, there's a little bit of comedian and, and Joker, you know, kind of, that's always been there too. So I can see, but I, I almost see comedian as more like Dirty Harry and, um, uh, except there is the one assassination aspect of, of the comedian that uh, does fit uh, Scorpio a bit. Um, where Scorpio got that training, that's, that's never, I don't think that's ever really gone into just like his backstory. Um, as far as I know, man, maybe there's further movies that kind of explain that, but that doesn't make sense. I mean, I mean, I guess it could be prequels or something, but I'm not, I'm not aware of the dirty Harry lore as, as well as I'm sure many of the people listening at this point and of uh dirty Harry minute. But like I was saying, um, Watchmen Minute is my previous uh, show that's actually done and gone. Uh, we even came back, though, for... We did, we did it movie by minute, just like the Dirty Harry Minute. Um, uh, we did it for Director's Cut, 186 episodes, minutes, you know, long. Um, but we did come back for the HBO show and just did that episode by episode, of course, though. Um, maybe someday, way down the line, <laughs> they could be done on a minute-by-minute basis. They are that good, in my opinion. I, I do actually like that series at this point probably better than the movie but what all takes the cake is is the original 1980s comic uh watchmen by uh alan moore and dave gibbons um but uh, uh currently as of the release of this episode uh you should also be able to hear uh, almost famous minute uh in your podcatcher of choice and that's that's another movie by minute uh, of course um but then something that's kind of Similar, but uh, not movies based. It's more. Mu- it's actually music. Is uh, feels like Weezer. So I hope you all can uh, check uh, any any of those out that sound interesting to you. And hopefully I can uh, talk with anyone again in the future uh, with the Dirty Harry Minute or uh, anyone out there that's listening. You might hear my voice. Who knows? Mm-hmm. 
Eventually, Scorpio hijacks a school bus full of kids. Just like in Dark Knight, when Joker gets in uh, one of the buses at the hospital after blowing it up. Um, whereas then, Scorpio as the Joker is kind of, like I get uh, in that, you know, obviously there's an antagonistic relationship between these two major figures, one major point of good, one of, well, good in quotations, and the other being well, chaotic evil, I guess you could say. Scorpio seems a bit more organized than chaotic evil, but no, I would say, yeah, chaotic evil. Um, but the thing is, I would say that, um, and it is true that both, you know, the Joker and Scorpio are like narcissistic egomaniacs who really strive for notoriety. Like, they desperately want attention. And they both have this sort of outward appearance that doesn't belie what they're like underneath, I guess. Because, obviously, Scorpio has a friggin' peace symbol on his belt buckle. He's got a friggin' he looks a bit like a hippie and stuff. And the hippie's obviously supposed to be all peace and love. They got a friggin' peace symbol, again. But Scorpio's more a hippie in the Manson family vibe. Uh, and the Joker, of course, appears like, oh, friendly. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't appear as a friendly clown, but he does have, you know, clown is supposed to be a thing that's good for children. And, you know, he wants to make the world laugh and stuff. But obviously, the Joker's more of the uh, scary clown, the Pennywise version of a clown. It, again, there are similarities in... Um, Maybe in terms of their scheming, I only say that because uh, the w- watching The Dark Knight, you know, back in the day, I was like, it struck me that it was slightly had a kind of diehard with a vengeance vibe in that the Joker would be like calling people from afar and saying, you need to do this thing in this time or I will blow up something. Which is, you know, the entire plot of Die Hard with a Vengeance for the first, like, 50 minutes of the movie. And where Die Hard with a Vengeance is getting that from is extrapolated from Scorpio's making Harry run from phone booth to phone booth. And that's literally what Simon Gruber is doing to John McClane and is what Scorpio was doing to the Dirty Harry. So in that regard, it's like, oh, there's a through line there between that happening and Dirty Harry going up and influencing the plotting of the Joker in The Dark Knight. Um, so they, in that regard, they're kind of um, similar. And also, I could totally see the Joker abducting a school bus full of children. Like, that's that's a total Joker move to do that. But then his behavior within that is... Scorpio always strikes me as very quick to anger. And he's a real guy, like, he holds a really a real grudge. He seems angry all the time. He's really just like... He's kind of sniveling and pathetic, and he's kind of just like everything he's doing. The dirty, ha- dirty Harry is out of pettiness. Like, and he just—he's more of like a persistent, annoying bee that's flown in, and that you just want to get out of here. Like, he doesn't strike you as a mastermind, even though he is masterminding kind of. But he—he he always seems a little pathetic, Scorpio. Like, he doesn't make me afraid of him. Whereas the Joker, because he has a grand theatricality to him, and over the years has now become this super genius level mastermind in his scheming, he also seems a little like... um, um, I think the Joker is a level of criminality that Scorpio wishes he could attain, 
but I don't think he's that level just yet. I think he's more of a, you know, firefly uh, <laughs> kind of level of villain where it's like, oh my god, this guy. But there's nothing really super, super villainous about him. Um, again, you know, comparison I would make there would be in the interrogation scene in The Dark Knight where it's striking similarities again to Dirty Harry where um, Dirty, you know, in Dirty Harry, Callahan flat out he shoots Scorpio in the leg and then goes over, such torturing him essentially, and you know to get information out of him, and Scorpio's response to that is like, "Oh, you tried to kill me! You can't do that!" And he's really he just becomes a really pathetic little guy all of a sudden. Whereas in The Dark Knight, Batman's beating the crap out of the Joker, and he's just laughing it off, because he's like, you can't get to me. None of this bothers me. Like, I'm, you know, I'm beyond your, your your minor, like, oh, inflict pain on criminal, and he will talk. My level psychosis transcends that simple level of, yeah, that's how, that's how this works, right? And plus, the Joker can take things in stride. Like, he can sort of roll the punches. Like, he will get quick to anger. Like, so Batman will mess things up for him, and he'll be like, oh, god damn it!" But he'll end up sort of laughing it off a second later and rolling with the punches, or he'll have contingency plans and things like that. Scorpio strikes me as a guy who's just like, if things get messed up, he's just like, oh, god damn it!" And that's it. He's just, he's mired in the misery of his own anger for, you know, until the next time. Um, so, different... Differences in that regard as well. So I would say, though, in terms of the relationship between Batman and the Joker being similar to the relationship between um, Callahan and Scorpio, um, I'd say overall, not really, because the Joker and Batman have this sort of, you know, it's blossomed in recent interpretations into this deep bond they almost share, where, like, they, they're ultimate enemies and... They're extremely antagonistic towards each other, but there's always there's also this sort of bond between them, where because they've been doing it for so long and they understand each other so well that it's almost as if like they're best, they're worst, the worst of enemies, but also kind of friends in a you know they're always there for each other in a bizarre kind of way. Harry and Scorpio is more like this guy is just an idiot. I want to, I, I will happily kill. He's more persistent than a lot of the idiots I have to kill, but he is for sure more of a a inconvenience and a again he's like a bee who flew in through the window and Callahan's either he's just kind of like well I can hope maybe I can usher him out. But if I have to, I'm gonna friggin' <laughs> like hit this hit this asshole with a giant newspaper, you know. Most similar, I would say that the relationship between Scorpio and Callahan and Batman and the Joker ever gets in media. One it really reminds me the most of actually would be in the Lego Batman movie. And if you see that, a lot of the the major point of the the plot is that. The Joker declares to Batman at one point, yes, I am your greatest enemy. And Batman's like, no, you're not. And then this takes the Joker aback. It's like, no, it's it's Batman and the Joker. That's, that's We're like legendary arch enemies to each other. And I'm, like, I, I'm the biggest deal to you and stuff. And Batman's like, I got so many other things to deal with. 
you are a criminal who I take out regularly, but you were you mean nothing to me. There is no us, I believe he says. Like you and me are just essentially like saying we're almost like co-workers. They're like, you're just some guy who I have to deal with a lot. There's, there's nothing going on between us. There is no grand, you know, operatic relationship here. Uh, and this devastates the Joker because he's like, that's what I always felt we were like. Uh, I That's what I, the vibe I would read from Scorpio and Callahan is probably the Scorpio believes that, yes, like I am the ultimate evil to take on. The, the the forces of, of Harry Callahan. I am his great enemy. Callahan's more like, no, you're not. You are just an asshole. I have to take down, and I will happily wipe you off the face of the earth. <laughs> and that will be the end of that. So that that's about the most you know. Because in other interpretations of Batman, the Joker, it would be more like these two guys will be again be forever locked in a battle. And they will forever be at each other's throats and whatnot, but it's a, you know a, sort of an ongoing grand thing. Whereas Scorpio is very temporary to to, to Harry Callahan, I, I feel. So in in overall, I would say their relationship kind of similar to the Lego Batman movie in in my interpretation. Uh, and then um, then as the characters as each other, I would say. I would say Batman appears like Dirty Harry. They have a, a similar demeanor, but he is actually more caring. Uh, and the Joker and Scorpio, not so much alike because the Joker is more careless. Like Scorpio is more of a vindictive bundle of petty rage and just, you know, a, a, a want to be more than he is. And like I want to be to get one up over on this guy. Whereas whereas the, the Joker has a more lackadaisical approach to everything. He's more... He's ready to kill himself. If Like, he's he's ready to die in order to have his point be made, and he just doesn't care. It's all, it's all a joke to him. The thing is, yeah, everything is more of a joke to the Joker, whereas it's dead, dead serious to Scorpio, I'd say. Um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts. Society is breeding a new kind of criminal. It's also breeding a new kind of cop. This is where the law stops. And I start. I um I was asked to do the uh, the Dirty Harry Minute uh, podcast. Oh, good. I just decided to watch it, of course. Yeah. You know, and watch it again, and it was just like, boy, this is a bad... I can't think of a worse week to watch this. <laughs> You know, where there's, you know, uh, police violence against people who are just like, you know, it's just uh, it's just that kind of uh, it's like, oh, here's a cop who doesn't give a damn. And here he is. and He's torturing people. He's doing this stuff. And it's just like, oh, I don't don't know what this is. The movie sets it up in such a way that you you're kind of you're sympathetic to what he's trying to get done. Like you understand what's what he's doing. But, yeah, it's really like a super loaded movie. You know, and it's yeah. it's all it's all designed to make him to make him sympathetic, even though he's being a brute throughout the film. Well, he'd be a monster in any other movie, but the problem is, yeah. well, not the problem is, the solution is <laughs> we're gonna make we're gonna make the uh, villain yes. just completely evil. He's so on, villainous on every level, with no no sense of like nothing. Like there's no point 
where you know you normally have this villain in a modern movie yeah uh sit down with his mother at some point and go ma i'm gonna get you the money you need for this like something <laughs> right or or no. he did go, he'd go to a high school reunion and people would make fun of him <laughs> or he'd go to his he'd go to his day job and his boss would yell at him or something and we go like you know what yeah yeah i guess i can see why he's all no like he's just independently wealthy and and has committed all of his funds to evil like yeah. outrageous evil and it's like yeah okay in this kind of crazy world yeah dirty harry makes a lot of sense well, okay it's, sure it's obviously like a con uh conflation of the um uh the zodiac killer mm-hmm. and charles manson yeah it's an interesting film and the other interesting thing about it i think is that the next movie magnum force which i actually think is a better movie it kind of tilts the pendulum goes the other way where dirty Harry is up against a rogue killer cops mm-hmm. who he has to take down. And so it kind of, it kind of, I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing where it's kind of, you know, gives with one hand and it takes away with from the, you know what I mean? Like it's the sort of like pendulum from this to this, like super extreme. And then the fact that the movie dirty Harry opens with a, with like this uh, plaque, I guess it's in the, police station in San, like the police department or whatever in San Francisco yeah. of all these uh, policemen who've been killed in line of duty. And it kind of has a sort of roll call of these people who've given their lives as police, police. Right. And so it's kind of like a salute the police. And then like the police that they choose to like show in the movie is just like this, this brutal, uh, you know, callous, you know, guy, you know, equal opportunity offender of, of everyone. And it's just like, you're like, Oh, well, I guess this is a real celebration of the police, but is it? It's weird. It's a weird thing. Yeah, it's a, it's it is a very it is a very strange film. Like the and and the cartoonishness of the villain has to keep upping. Yeah, you know, so that so that you know, like he's got literally like well, he when he's captured, he is screaming, "I got rights! I <laughs> got rights!" And I'm gonna you know, it's basically like yeah, I'm yeah. gonna call the ACLU. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm gonna call, and the liberals <laughs> are gonna get me off. You'll see. All them liberals, that's what I think. It's basically, you know it, yeah, yeah. I believe a woman has a right to her own body and whatever she wants to do, and I'm all for gay marriage. No problem with that at all. <laughs> what are you gonna do about except it? Except he's killing gay people, but yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> It's re- it's a weird film. It really is. There's like a no theme too to his killings. Like it's yeah, not yeah. like he doesn't pick a theme. Like the first one is like he kills a, a lady swimming. It's yeah. like almost like Jaws. Yeah. You know, it's just like yeah, he killed her. Okay. Well, how do you how do you feel about that? Yeah. Do I feel good? Do I feel bad? Do I feel? It's just like it's disturbing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you know, and then Dirty Harry's doing all his Dirty Harry type stuff, like to the point where it like wraps up with him jumping on a bus. It, 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 like he just becomes superhuman at the end after you know being horribly injured. Yeah, I'm like okay, but he never seems to actually have a plan. Like uh, I don't know. <laughs> and then at the end of the film, he's so disgusted with the legal system, he throws away his badge. But then by the next film, we've ignored that, and he's mm-hmm. just back a cop. He's back. He it doesn't show him like changing his mind. Fifty minutes later, having to undress and climb swim out into the pond to find his badge that he threw in there. And also, by the way. Like, why do you have to throw the why do you have to throw the badge away? Like, this is a guy who, uh, you know, kidnapped a bunch of kids. I know. Like, it's symbolic. It's, I think it's, it's not. It's about. It's not about. It's about the system's broken. Like he shouldn't have had to to do that, right? Like Scorpio should never have been allowed out. The system, this broken system that keeps cops from being able to do their job. 
That's okay. the problem. I'm getting rid of my I'm throwing my badge away. Okay. I guess so. And I so, think it's a so very was... interesting movie. Like I think like in terms like as a it's sociological thing, I think it's very interesting. And as a as a piece of movie making, it is fantastic. No, no, it's where, look, it's very it's well done. Exactly. It's, it's like, you know, it's you to can the make... point where scenes are just ripped off now directly from it. Yeah. Yeah. Like directly from it. Like Die Hard Three. That whole running from phone to phone bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's, well, that's just a straight lift from mm-hmm. this film. But to me, it's like, it's got a point to make. Yeah. But unfortunately, the point it, it makes is, you know, like, just one character is right and the other character is completely wrong. Yeah. And like, everything is, like, there's yeah. no counter argument. There's no, you know, maybe it did go a bit too far, Harry. <laughs> like, there's not even, not even... Oh, and also, I like uh, I like off the top where he's like eating at the hot dog place, and you look through the window, and play Misty for me is playing in the background, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, wait a minute, what if you went to see that movie? What would happen? <laughs> Did you see yourself in that movie? If, uh, if you he went to see himself in that movie, then it would be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Uh, I like too that he gets uh, the holy hell kicked out of him, uh, <laughs> like he gets a guy to do that. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And he's just, he turns into the, the toxic Avenger. Like, he is just six kinds of a mess. <laughs> like, the worst. Yeah. And then it feels like, you know, four days later, he's got a little bandage on his nose. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's this about? You're just mutilated by this guy. Like, what's that? You know, just by your own argument of just like, the cop beat me to the point of this. Like, no, nah, it's fine. Again, I don't want to, like, over talk about it because it's, someone else's podcast now and it's up to them but yeah it's a, it's a, it's a, what they want me to talk about it feels difficult to uh to talk about it without bringing up what's going on right now mm. uh, but uh, and and that's not what this is about you know this movie is a is a cartoon yeah this movie is just an over-the-top cartoon and then it, i didn't i don't remember the enforcer i remember the one with uh time daily that is, the enforce, that? that is the enforcer was it okay the yeah. ending stunk then to me that one yeah um, i agree and then you got sudden, sudden impact where we're now going full full cartoon, <laughs> yeah. and then dead the Deadpool, which whoa, okay, uh, you know. Yeah, the first two films are, are are well done. The second film has a script by John John Malias, who later do Conan the Barbarian. But, oh, is that right? Yeah, okay. but do I would recommend I would recommend on... that you see uh, Magnum Force though. It is quite it's kind of long, but it's it's a good movie. Okay, I'll give it a... It, well, it, here's it, the thing, too. It has David Soul in it, if that will sell you anything. Hey, that reminds me, there's an episode of Starsky and Hutch that I remember seeing as a kid where they throw away their badges because <laughs> they're disgusted by by whatever, some some something I can't remember now. But I just remembered that element of it because as a kid, I was like, well, is the show over? And then like the next the next week started and they're like, please still. And I was like, well, what, what, what about their badges they threw away? What is going on? <laughs> but... Well, they don't need no stinking badges. <laughs> That's right. That's what that guy told them. And yeah. and then when I saw Dirty Harry later, I was like, oh, okay, that's where they got it from. Once again, just wholesale ripoff from this this movie that's, yeah, that's kind of reprehensible, but at the same time, so well made that you can't yeah. believe it. Like Don Siegel, the director, is such a good director. And then it has that great Lalo Schifrin score. And Clint Eastwood's, you know, great in it. You know, yep. that's his laconic style works so well in that character you know how about this too like with that uh and again we are apparently talking about dirty harry now um why why is the press not all over this like nobody's business because it feels it feels like 
all right, so there was a girl who was kidnapped and she was found nude in a tunnel. Yeah. And, you know, and the person was, 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 was caught. Yeah. And he, he sent in a tooth and he did all this stuff and made a cop run and do all this stuff. Like, well, someone's going to leak that to the press. Like even the even the family's gonna like leak that to the press. Like that, how are they not covering that? And and so, what, what would the public feel about this? Well, that obviously is a maniac who killed this girl. Oh, well, were they letting him go? Oh, and and the press is fine with this, and the public's fine with this. There, there's no reaction to that at all. Well, like, well that's not what the movie's about. But I, I mean, I, but I, I imagine exists, there could be, but. It exists in the world. It does, like, but so, but what do you want them to sit to have someone reading the newspaper and go look the. The paper's upset about it. Yeah, the paper would be upset about it. People are on Harry's side. Yeah. Like, instead, Harry's just completely alone. And and that's where it, like, comes across as, you know, bullshit. It's like, he's just the one guy who's just like, oh, I'm the only one who cares about this. I'm going to go, uh, you know. And it's like, all right. Which which I know dramatically is, it, is it, like, every yeah. every time it's, it's they've got to set something up dramatically, they go the easiest route, which is, you know, hey, how about Harry, that last guy that you, you just shot? You know, you got in trouble for doing that. Yeah, well, when I see a guy running down an alley with a hard on carrying a butcher knife, you know, I don't think, you know, I was like, okay, okay, fine. Yes, this is extreme. These and extreme also, examples. Way, That's how you make how it easy. Would, yeah, just saying that is like, well, how did Harry get in trouble for that? Like, like there's a guy with a butcher knife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you shoot him. That's but, just standard. But that's what I mean. You're falling for the. You're falling for care. the movies. You're falling for the movies. It's it's you know the movies. Uh, it's polemical you know tactics of you know of creating this sort of black and white thing where you know it's either it's either this extreme or that extreme. There's no. There's well, no they middle just make ground up their to own it. Rules. Yeah, they got to make, make up their, their own rules. rules. It's just that they they, they just do. they just make it up. Like they're just they're just creating these like extreme situations where your yeah. your obvious reaction has to be, well, I'm not in favor of that. Like you know, so cops get in trouble for shooting guys with butcher knives who are yeah. about to like you know attack a woman. Uh, no, they don't. If you're a, if there's a naked guy with a butcher knife, the, the, done. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Who's who's mad about that? Who's su- who's suing that? Not no one is. That's fine. You're great. But that was what that was the big thing that Harry got in trouble. For, yeah, yeah. Was shooting that guy. I know. It's like, but that's what yeah. the, that's what the movie's that's why the movie's setting it's setting itself up, right? It's part of its setup that right. that we're supposed to like we're supposed to feel it's like building our sense of outrage throughout the film, right? Where it's we get more and more outraged by everything that's going against. It's obvious to us. Like this is obvious. Say, this guy is a this, the Scorpio guy. He's a cheater. He's a liar. He's and I'd say the subtext, but it's not subtext. It's literal text. It's like <laughs> if the cops could just do anything they wanted, exactly, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have this many dead police on the wall. Yeah. of of uh, you know of the station. Yeah. If only you would let them shoot the guys with hard ons <laughs> and butcher knives and not go. Well, I gotta wrestle them. That's the rules, and I guess I better take off my clothes to be fair, you know, because that's what the liberals want. I want to say that exactly. Nah. This is exactly it's how the movie stupid. works, and it's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant at doing that. Like it's a really well-made movie. Like you just have to be careful when you watch it that you you stand back from it and you watch it as an observer of of 
you know, of rhetoric. You know, you're watching something that is like, like I say, it's a polemical piece. It's trying to like create a situation to put a put a, across a rather conservative idea of how <laughs> how police should work, right? Yeah, because so. they're all maniacs out there, uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and they never, as police officers, ever ever do this of like, uh, so this person's going around uh, killing people. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he's doing that? What do you think the motive is? Because there's no motive. It's just, yeah. oh, he's just scum. To me, again, like uh, this is my problem with Batman for the most part is, you know, going uh, going with like, what's the deal with the villain? Well, they're crazy. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, wait, how many of his villains are crazy? Well, pretty much all of them. <laughs> all of them, you say. None of them are just in it for the cash. <clears throat> oh, no, they're just mostly mentally ill. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got a bit of a problem with him beating them all up then, but because they're all mentally ill. Uh, but all right. but wouldn't you say that's a relatively new take on it? Because I, if you watch, well, in ba- I'll tell you exactly when the Batman thing happened. The Batman thing happened, I believe, in 1974. It was a Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams comic, yeah. and that was the first one that had, uh, you know, the Joker's being sent to Arkham Asylum, and it wasn't being sent to prison. Okay, and that's where the Joker would be sent before then, and then I think like they decided. Oh yeah, they all just get sent to Arkham Asylum. <laughs> That's where they all go. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, all right. So they're all uh, they're all madmen. You know, it's like, okay, is that better? It, it seems much, <laughs> it seems much, much worse. Because if you watch um, the old Batman TV show, like it feels like the the criminals in that are they're like they're criminals. They know what they're doing. They're just kind of flamboyant. Yeah. And fun, but. You know, like Batman is. Like Bat- yeah, like Batman is. They all dress up. They yeah. all dress up. They have themes. Yeah. And they fight each other. They're almost like a sports team. But they, have, like, but they, but they all they 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 have like plans that are like coherent, and they like they want to break into a museum and steal some valuable artifact, or they want to like, break right. into a bank and take money or whatever. That woman wants to get the cat's eye diamond. Yes. Yeah. Penguin wants to get the bicycle diamond. Yes. And so That's it, it. you know, yeah, and so their characters have like like. But I guess I mean part of the problem. Well, part of it is sort of the heightened element of of our time, I guess, as well. And then just the fact that you've re- these stories have been told and retold so often that you you're looking for a new angle every every couple of years. And so I guess that's the new angle. Well, let me let They're me give crazy. a tip, tip. Let me give a tip to any 1960s Batman villains. Uh, if you if you guys are listening and deciding to fight Batman at any point in the future, <laughs> okay. uh, get more than two goons. Mm. Like you always get two good. Like I know sometimes you're like we're gonna get four goons. Yeah. All right. But that's the highest end of goons that you've got. And and look, I'm. Uh, some of them are a little tubby. Some are a little <laughs> tubby. Some of them are not really in the best of shape. There's some real skinny guys there. Get some guys with some muscles on them. Get some muscles and get uh, more than four of them, and you've beaten Batman and Robin. Because honestly, they can handle two goons at a time. Tops, yeah, tops, and often they get caught anyway and get tied up. So look, you got five goons. Hey man, spring for it. Go six goons. The end. That's the end of Batman. You've done it. You beat Batman. Don't be cheap. This is your problem. <laughs> You're too thrifty. Way you too thrifty. Arch villains. But here's the other thing. I don't think you should be giving advice to criminals. Why is that? Because they're criminals. Like they don't. You don't want to be helping criminals. Hmm. You should be helping Batman. Once again, this is B. Rich, host of the John Wick Minute. 
You can find me on the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at John Wick Minute. Just type it in the search bar. I'm sure you can find me. I've also got a website up, johnwickminute.com. I can't avenge my partner's death with this pea shooter. I don't want to hear it, Big Bang. That, that cannon of yours is against regulations. In this department, we go by the book. Bye, book.